Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Well, today we're going on a week four on our series that we have been going through, and it is a study in the book of Colossians. But before we jump into week four, I just want to do a little bit of recap on what we have, uh, what we have already touched. So the book of Colossians, we call it a book, but originally it is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church or to the churches that was located in Colossae, 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 which is today modern-day Turkey. So it is originally a letter. If you read through it, and we, we did encourage our church to go ahead and read it. I think I've read it twice already just to, just to let it come out. And it is a very interesting book or letter because it can apply to us today. If you read through it, the first two chapters, you will figure out that it is doctrinal. And then the second or the three and four chapters are really application-wise. And Paul was addressing something that was going on on the church. They were a church whom Paul had never visited, but there was something that was trying to creep in to the church. Yesterday, we had Victory Weekend. And one of the first uh, chapters in Victory Weekend is, the per- is the, why we do Victory Weekend, its purpose. And one of the first purpose why we do Victory Weekend is to establish a biblical foundation or establish a spiritual foundation. And the verse that comes in, the very first verse, is, is where it says, Jesus talking, if you hear these words of mine and you put them into practice, he is likened to a man who built a house by how? By digging down deep, looking for a rock, and that's where he built his house. A house there symbolizes your life. But the point there is how the, uh, what the foundation is about, or what, the, what Jesus was uh, making emphasis is, the words that you hear me speak, and when you do it, that becomes the foundation of your life. So in the, in the church of Colossae, there were certain words that they were hearing, and they were kind of relapsing back to it. One of them was that there were plenty of words about the of principles of man. There were, um, in the New Living Translation, Paul says that it is a high-sounding nonsense. I, I just can't get over it, the way it was translated. The principles of man are high-sounding nonsense. And there was also other words that, that was being said around policy, like there was an old ritualist ritual system from the old judaism or the old belief of the jewish people there was also angel worship and there was another one that was uh, uh that was popular they call it asceticism which is just really mutilating your body and trying to suppress the lust of the flesh by inflicting pain on you so that was what paul was writing about it's like why is it that you're relapsing back to these practice when you already have received Christ? This is just me paraphrasing. So that's why we're doing this series on Colossi, or on Colossians, because it also applies to us a church. How? With the onset of the internet, Facebook, and every other social media, you get so many ideas that flies around the internet. And I, and I believe once in a while we look at it and we actually believe, oh, this is, a good, this is a good idea. This is a good philosophy. But then again, where is it based upon? Is it based upon the Bible? Is it based upon the principles of man? 
Is it based upon rituals? Is it based upon? Where is it based upon? And that's why Colossians is applicable to us today. So week one was just the introduction. Week two, Pastor Mark, who, by the way, if you're visiting, uh, if you're visiting for the first time in behalf of Pastor Mark and Terry, they are currently in Singapore ministering to our church. We'd like to, we welcome you to our church, and I hope if you are looking for a church family, and if God leads you to this church, welcome. And if not, you're also welcome to check out other places. Amen? But uh, being, uh, being biased, this is really one of the best church that you would find. <laughs> amen? Okay, all that said, amen, they're from this church. <laughs> so, so in behalf of our pastor, Pastor Mark and Terry, we'd like to welcome you to Life in the Sun. This is our family. So week two of, um, uh, of what Pastor Mark talked about is really about the identity of Jesus Christ. Because through the identity of Jesus Christ, all the words that we, or all, all this belief that the church in Colossae was hearing Jesus was above all of them. He was supreme above all of them. He was preeminent above all of them. He was above them. He was, as, uh, as uh, we've been hearing it, he's before them. He is, uh, what is it? Uh, it's just Jesus and Jesus alone. It was all him and nothing else. So, Week two, we kind of talked about the identity of Jesus Christ, and, that, and that's what it was, the supremacy of Jesus Christ above every other belief there is. And then Pastor Mark also uh, took us to a, to a three-point where he introduced, or not really introduced, but he let us know that Jesus himself is God. He's omnipotent, he's, om, uh, he's omniscient, he's all-present, he's divinely God. He's, uh, he, he is it. He's all-powerful. And then last week, we kind of touched on what Jesus Christ did for us. And it dealt along with sin. It was through Jesus Christ that, uh, that the problem of sin was taken care of, the penalty for sin was gone, and the power of sin was disarmed. So this week, week four, kind of a, it's almost like a second part of what Christ has done for us. So if we just go ahead and pop up Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. So this is where we are today. Let's just go ahead and read. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. If you would just allow me to pray one more time. I know we've been praying already. If you could just uh, pray with, uh, with me. Father, thank you for your word. Father, thank you that through Jesus Christ, there really is nothing else. He is all-sufficient. There's nothing that we can add to him. All we can do really is to receive him. So, Father, may we receive your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, a second part of what Christ did for us. I'll go ahead and jump to this. So, as uh, chapter 3, 1 to 4. So based on this verse, what is it that Jesus Christ did for us? Well, the first one is this. We were raised with Christ. Point one. There you go. We have been raised with Christ. Well, what does that mean? In John chapter 3, verse 3, this is where you get your famous born-again scripture. 
Nicodemus, a ruler of the, uh, of the uh, Jewish people, came up to Jesus at night. Then Jesus said, unless a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Then Jesus goes on to explain, flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. Pastor Mark illustrated a very, uh, 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 very good on how man is divided in three parts. Later on, I would ask three, uh, I've asked three uh, handsome men to put this all together, and we'll do an illustration just to get all of this. So Pastor Mark kind of built a foundation already, and I'm just going to go ahead and jump on it. See, man is made up of three parts. You got your physical body, you got your soul, which is your will, your intellect, and your emotion. And then we got a spirit. When God created man, he molded him in clay, during, uh, clay or dust or earth in the beginning of creation. And then when he gave life to him, he, what did he do? He whispered, life there, let there be come. No, he breathed on him. He breathed on life, and along with that also he breathed on the spirit. And that's why we were created in the image of God. We're also three in one. We're not a coffee three in one, but we are made out of three uh, substance, but yet we're all in one. So that's what it was. We were raised with Christ. When you were an unbeliever, basically your spirit has no capacity to communicate with God. In fact, can I just get my three guys to come up already? I think this would be AJ, uh, Ben, and Ruel. I just want to show you an illustration, and I hope this will help you. If you guys can just stand up here. One here, one here, one here. Just an arm length. Handsome, right? You must be from Life in the Sun. (laughs) There you go. Uh, That's good. So three. So man is made out of three things. You got, so if you were to dissect me, this is how I would look like. Say this, uh, AJ represents my body, which is the physical Ban would represent my soul, which is my intellect, my emotions, and my will. And then Ruel would represent my spirit. So if you're an unbeliever, ever, if you've gone through one-to-one, one-to-one, there's the first part, chapter one of our one-to-one. It begins by this statement. Have you ever felt alienated from God? Have you ever felt so far from God? That when you pray, your prayer doesn't even reach the ceiling. It doesn't pass the ceiling. Well, all of us felt that way. Why? Because of this. When we are unbeliever, the spirit is actually dead. The spirit has no capacity to communicate with God. That's why you, as an when you don't know, when you don't have Christ, you can read the Bible. What is reading is your intellect, because you can read. But yet, but because the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit, but your spirit is dead, that inspiration does not come alive. What you get is merely intellectual knowledge. Are you with me? But when you are born again, you have been raised with Christ. So the spirit now that was dead all of a sudden becomes alive. You are regenerated. That's the word that we use. So the spirit now is regenerated. Amen? So now when you read your Bible... Your spirit now has an ability to communicate with God, to hear God. So when you open up your scripture, because it is inspired by the very spirit that's in you, that very inspired thing comes alive because it is now being led by the spirit. Does that make sense? Amen? So that's the first thing. You have been raised with Christ. Because of the cross, your spirit has been raised with Christ. Second part. We died... 
with Christ. So what died? Last week, Pastor Mark talked about circumcision. Well, it's in the same manner. God did a circumcision not in the physical, but in the spirit. You had a sinful nature that started from Adam. So that sinful nature through the cross died with Christ. Amen? And that's why from last week's message, we now have the ability to overcome sin, but yet we still have a will that sometimes says no. We still make decisions. But yet, that part of us, that old sinful nature, died with Christ when he went to the cross. So that's the second part that Christ did. Then the third part, it says, we have been hidden with Christ. So when our old sinful nature died, we take on a new nature. We take on the nature of God. So you now have a new nature. Your old nature has passed away. You have now become you. And that part of that nature is also within the Spirit of God. So I, I'm, I'm peeling out AJ over here. But are you okay? <laughs> My body. <laughs> see, how, see how fit I am? <laughs> <laughs> Your body comes in all forms and shapes, right? And round is a shape, so it's okay. <laughs> so we have been hidden with Christ. So spirit, amen, you're still with me? In Ephesians, there's a verse that says, what does it mean to be hidden with Christ? It means there's a protection. There's safety and there's refuge. In Ephesians, the same writer of Ephesians is Paul. He says that we battle not or we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So our battle is not in the physical. It's not in the body. But where is it? It says it is, our battle is against principalities and power and who knows that verse? The, um, the, the, of the, dark age, uh, the dark ages and the spiritual host of the wickedness in the heavenly Host. So our battle happens where? In the spirit. Our battle is not flesh and blood. That's why Pastor Mark said, don't get mad at your neighbor because that's flesh and blood. But because your, your battle is happening where? Over here in the spirit. But yet what Christ has done is we have been hidden with Christ. Colossians chapter 2 verse 10, it says that it pleased the Father, it pleased God the Father that all the fullness of the Godhead be in Christ Jesus bodily. And then after that, it says that you are complete in Christ. And Christ is the head of all principality and power. So what is there to battle if the one in you is the head of all principalities and battle? Amen? Still with me so far? Can, uh, point number four. This is one, uh, uh, from Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. It says, we will appear with Christ. Okay, let me get your memory back. Pastor Mark also talked about how we, though we've already been freed from the sinful nature, but why is it that we still feel like we cannot defeat the sinful nature? And he talked about the flesh, our physical body. There is still sin, and that's why he said, that's why the body still needs to die and go back to the ground. But we will appear with Christ the second time, or we would appear with him in the heavenly host. Remember when Jesus was resurrected? He appeared to his disciples and he said, and that was his resurrected body. He appeared to his disciples and said, check my, 
check the nail, the, the nail, the nail marks on my hand, the spear marks on my side, and they did. And he was, he was physically, he was a physical body, but yet in the blink of an eye, he would disappear, and he would appear somewhere else. That was his resurrected body, and in the future we would also have a resurrected body because this physical body will have to stay because of sin. So when we will appear with Christ, we will have a body like his resurrected body that can transcend space because we can walk through. Uh, he was walking through walls. He was appearing everywhere. He, he, he can transcend time, space, and matter. Because why? Because he is supreme. He was the one that put all things together. So this is what Christ has done for us. But the question is, then why is it that sometimes we don't sense this way? Why is it that we don't feel like we're, we, we, were raised like, uh, we were raised with Christ? Why is it, uh, just like the same question that Pastor Mark was uh, asking, why is it that sometimes we feel like we're still in this part of the body? I believe there was, there's, a, there's a solution to that. And Paul put it, uh, he, he tells the church this. If you then were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above. So he gave two, two commands to what to do. Remember how we've said identity? To know the identity of Christ was so important so that when we know what he did for us, we can actually appreciate it and be confident in it. But at the same time, we have to live by faith. What's keeping us, I believe, from really moving, walking, and living in the, what Christ has done is really this. Not ban, okay? Not ban. Ban is not keeping us from doing that. But look at the word. It says, seek those things which are above. Seeking involves, a cra- seeking is like a craving. Treasure hunters seek for treasures. Amen? <laughs> that's, a, that's a no-brainer, right? It is a desire. It is a craving for something. It is a craving to obtain something. So it involves what? Your heart. And then the second part is set your mind on things above. What does that involve? Your mind. See, we still have an ability to decide whether to say yes or no. What the Spirit is always trying to do is convince this. Amen? Yeah. Come on closer, brother. Oh, let's uh, put your hand on Ben. This is, what, uh, this is what the Spirit is always trying to do. The Spirit that is on us is always trying to convince our minds and our, and our will that this is the way. You are now a new creation. You have a new identity in Christ. But sometimes our mind is so <laughs> left somewhere else, it's so difficult for us to break through and to really realize. And you know what? And if these two together can work... They would reach this. No, you go get, get closer, brother. And that's your three in one. So if the spirit would be allowed to reach this, the, the, our mind, remember how it says in, um, in Romans, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. What are the patterns of this world? The principles of men, rituals, old, uh, uh, old cultures. It says do, not, do no longer conform, but be renewed by what? renewing of your mind by the washing of the water by the washing of the word so the spirit is always trying to convince our mind and our will to believe that hey you are now a new creation 
You have been raised with Christ. Your old nature has died. You don't have to live that way. Because that was what, that's what was happening with Colossians or what's happening in the church in Colossae. They were relapsing back to the old pagan belief that they, that they had in the past. So if the Spirit of God can convince your soul, your body would also be affected. Why? Because your body is how your soul manifests itself. Remember what Pastor Mark said? This is our way of manifesting whatever it is that we have in our minds and whatever it has in our emotions and our will. <clears throat> this follows that. But if this can convince this, this guy, can you imagine what we can have? Can you imagine all of that that Christ has given to us? You know, the fullness of our salvation we can realize if only, if only all our minds and our, and our will and our emotions can really follow the spirit of God's leading. All the fullness of our salvation, we can realize the healing, the promises, the blessings. I believe we can all realize that. Am I saying that I'm there? No, I'm not there yet. I'm getting there in the name of Jesus. See, like that. We, we, you, you call things out as if they were already here, though they're not even here. You, you do it according to how your father did it. He speak things into being. Amen? Does that make sense? Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Give, that, give these three guys a... <clears throat> Does that encourage you, church? And that's why I believe Paul said it. Seek those things which are above. If you put it according to, how it, according to context, the church of Colossae has already been raised from their old self, but yet they were relapsing back to a nature or to a practice that they were doing before. So Paul encouraged them, no, seek those things which are above. Seek those things which are better. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus kind of said of the same thing, uh, the same thing. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things and all these things shall be added unto you. What are all these things? Whether you admit it or not, <laughs> we are usually selfish, isn't it? Since the invention of the, the front-facing camera, the word selfie just blew out of proportion. You're laughing because it's true, right? When you take a, okay, let's take selfie out of the picture. When you take a groupie, a group picture, okay, who is the first person that you look for in the groupie? Yourself. Because we <laughs> are naturally, naturally selfish. And that's what the, uh, Jesus was talking about in Matthew chapter 6. It says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves comes to break, to break in and steal. But rather, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust will not destroy and thieves cannot break in and steal. That's what he was uh, talking about. And then he says, because that was our concern. Our concern in that chapter is that what to eat, what to drink about our body. And I believe when he said about our body, I think it involves health. We're concerned about our health, how we look, how big our biceps are, how, how many packs we have in our stomach. I have one barrel, unfortunately. <clears throat> I'll, I'll get back my eight <laughs> on my resurrected body. <laughs> So that's what we, concern, we were so concerned about, uh, naturally selfish. 
what we were going to drink, what we were going to eat, what we were going to wear. And then Jesus said, do not worry about these things. He compares it to the days of Solomon, how splendor his kingdom was, but yet it's not even compared. Then he goes on to say, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek the things which are above, not just yourself, something much more than yourself. And all these things, and we said all these things, all the things that you worry about will be added unto you. Imagine that you don't, you don't even need to worry about it. You don't have to get it yourself. It would be added if you just seek something higher than yourself. Amen? And then just to close, set your mind on things above. Uh, I love using Moses. Moses, I guess, is one of my favorite guys. And I think that's what he did. He set his mind on things above. There's a, uh, there's a verse in Psalms 103 where it says, uh, The Lord sh- uh, shown his acts to the children of Israel, but his ways to Moses. There's a difference. The children of Israel saw his mighty acts, but Moses saw his nature and his attributes. That really is how you set your, your mind on things above. Set it on just on who Christ is. Because once you figure out or once you realize who Christ is, just like our illustration, that spirit, when you embrace the identity that who you are in Christ, with Christ, through Christ, remember, he's supreme and he's preeminent, that's when you're, you, can, you can convince your in, uh, intelligent mind and your willful will, unwillful will, to really embrace our, uh, the spiritual truth that we have. And church, whenever... Whenever God, or even when you read the Bible, Paul, uh, the book of Colossians, whenever God asks for something, I want to end with this. When God asks us for something, or he gives a command, or tells us to do something, it is never regressive. What do I mean by that? God is always progressive. In the stories of the New Testament, God is always progressive. He never asks you to do something that will take you back. In a worse situation, he would always ask you to do something to get you in a better place. Amen. When he asks you for something, it could be whatever it is. Uh, I don't know what you, what God is asking you right now. I believe uh, it's uh, it's ministering to you right now. God, you've been hearing that God wants to, uh, is asking something that you're holding on to. When God asks you for something that you're holding on to, it is never because he thinks, oh. That's good for you. I don't want you to enjoy that. No. God is always progressive. He always makes sure what you get is the best. He does. He always, he, that's, how, that's, that's how our God is. I mean, if he sent the very best, which is Jesus Christ, and then uh, along with him it says that he gave us freely all things with Christ, why would he do the same thing to us? Why would he take something or command us to do something when it would regress. He would never take something best and give us something a little best, <laughs> lower than best, than uh, good. It's always something good to something better, something better to something best. That's how our God is. Amen? Amen. I hope you are blessed today, church. Let us go ahead and pray. Are you blessed, church? Let's just go ahead and pray. I believe it's uh, God wants to minister to us. <clears throat> I'll just go ahead and end in prayer. But at the end of the service, I, w- I want to invite our prayer ministers just to line up in the front. And then 
uh, I'll let the worship team play a song. And if you have a, if there's something in your heart that you want to be, uh, that, that I believe God is talking to you about, please don't be ashamed or don't feel like, uh, oh, we want to pray for you. It doesn't matter what it is, but, but I believe God wants to, uh, wants to do some, a breakthrough in your life. So, amen. Father, thank you for today. Thank you that your word is living and active. That it is alive today as it was then. That you've never changed. That it always ministers and it always speaks to people. So, Father, thank you that whatever it is that you have planted, the seeds that you have planted today, I pray, Father, that it would remain there. And as, as, just, as what we have learned, you have, you have hidden us with Christ. So, therefore, we have your protection. So, Father, protect us and protect those seeds in Jesus' name.